All right, welcome back to One True Podcast, uh, talking Baylor and Big 12 college football. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. John Werner. Johnny. Hey, Bryce. Good and to then, see you, man. Yeah, and then a guy who needs no introduction, even though <laughs> we will introduce him anyway, is our old friend, Jason Ortz. George, how you doing? I think I still need an introduction, but uh, no, good. Always good to be with you guys, and uh, always good to see your faces. Actually, it's a uh, kind of you know good good to actually do a Zoom type thing with this because you know I actually do get to see you guys. Although I saw Johnny last week, so you know we got yeah. together, got some got some barbecue, so that was a always always a good time there. Yeah, it's yeah, different than texting or uh, or on the phone stuff for sure when you get to actually see the person. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Jason was with us at the trip for many years. And uh, went to Las Vegas and uh, now is a free agent. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, happy to have uh, Jason on with us. So, guys, um, Baylor went to Provo, Utah last week. Johnny was out there and fell in double overtime to BYU um, in the uh, Big 12 after dark game. Um, <laughs> And uh, according to Johnny, it was a rocket environment there in Mormon country. Uh, you know, they uh, they stormed the field afterward. And even though they did that, they were actually uh, favored to win. They did what they were supposed to do, if you listen to the, uh, the odds makers. Um, so in this game, Baylor committed 14 penalties. They gave up four sacks. They only had 137 passing yards, and it still comes down to double overtime, last play of the game. Um, if you're the Bears, do you take that as a positive or a negative? Bryce, I think you could take it as both, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they showed a lot of perseverance <laughs> to stay in that game despite their offensive issues and the penalty issues. Uh, a really tough environment, like you mentioned, 63,000 fans. It was packed. They were up for their future Big 12 opponent, and they all stayed to the end. I mean, that that Diet Coke caffeine really paid off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the Mormon jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now it's a great environment, but, but yeah, obviously – Baylor's still a work in progress, especially their offense. I think their defense is still good, you know, very good. Uh, they haven't forced the turnovers yet like they did last season. That's one thing. There's, they're working on this jackers and robbers thing they've got going. Uh, they still need to improve that. But, uh, but yeah, offensively, that, they've, they've still got a lot of things to iron out. What do you think, George? Yeah, I think it's hard um... – to really say that it's a net positive anytime you lose a game, especially if you're a program like Baylor that is, you know, really built up uh, into a team that really expects to win every game that they play, um, or at least, you know, put themselves in position and maybe not beat themselves in any game that they play. And I think that's probably the most disappointing thing is that, you know, in a lot of ways, yeah, they had, you know, plenty of chances to win that game and they just didn't do it. Um, You know, the penalties, a missed kick, um, you know, just a lot of things. Um, a lot of mistakes like that. Now, you know, I give them credit, you know, like, like John said, showing resiliency to stay in a game in a very tough environment. I mean, that's – Provo, Utah has always been a really tough to go play. I mean, a lot of teams have 
gone in there and, uh, with, with high hopes and, and come out, you know, very disappointed in the results. So, you know, I, I think, but, but I think when you're Baylor and you are the defending big 12 champion uh, and you're playing a team that's about to come into the big 12, um, I think they probably just as much as BYU wanted to make a statement there and, um, you know, came up short and, you know, really just kind of, played as a sloppy type of game. And, and, and I think that, I think it's hard to say that that's a net positive. Yeah. You know, uh, we've all covered a lot of high school football and um, in high school football, they typically will a lot of times load up their non-district schedule with really, really tough opponents because they want to, you know, the better teams, at least they want to uh, challenge themselves, expose their weaknesses in college football, they don't do that as much just because, uh, you know, they're trying to play for, like, spots in playoffs and wins and losses really play a lot into that. Um, but I do feel like this is a game that essentially exposed some things for Baylor that they do need to clean up. And so I, I do think there are glass half full, glass half empty kind of ways to look at all of this. John, you you and I were talking earlier this week, and um, – it is kind of interesting that basically their last three or four games against pretty good opponents, um, they haven't exactly just lit the world on fire uh, offensively, you know? So this one was 26 to 20 BYU in double overtime. Uh, the uh, Ole Miss game, which they won and the Oklahoma state game in the big 12 championship, both low scoring games, right? And so I, I, I feel like that's actually part of their identity. This is not Art Bryles' Baylor Bears <laughs> here, guys. This is a grinded-out kind of team. Yeah, you know, especially when there's two really good defenses involved. I think Coach Aranda, he's a defensive coach. That's his background. I think he likes to play it kind of conservative uh, offensively. Um, keep it, you know, just low scoring. Don't take too many risks. I thought they should have tried maybe a couple deep shots. Uh, of course, now uh, Monterey Baldwin is hobbled, mm -hmm. so uh, you know he he really wasn't available for long shots apparently. Um, but they still have some other guys, and I was a little surprised because I think Baylor's got good speed. But, but yeah, I, uh, when they get into a defensive battle like that, I, I just don't think they like to take too many chances offensively. Yeah, no doubt. So this week we've got uh, Werner Orcs University coming in town. <laughs> uh, Y'all's alma mater uh, as Baylor hosts the Texas State Bobcats. One reason we asked Jason to come on. Um, uh, Baylor's final non-conference game. So the Bobcats also come in with a one-and-one one record. Uh, they blew out FIU, and then they lost to Nevada. Um, so last year, this game was uh, a lot closer than expected. It was the season opener down in San Marcos. Um, this time, uh, so, all right, when I was doing the questions, uh, the odds were like 30 and a half. Baylor. I think I've seen it go up to maybe even 37. Anyway, it's, it's 30 plus. Uh, do you think this is another game that will be closer than the bookies say it will be? Go ahead, Jason. 
Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I do think it will be. And, and only because that number is so big. Um, you know, I've seen 30, I've seen 30 and a half. Um, I, that number, this hasn't been a series like that. Now, it's kind of a funny series. And obviously, they don't play every year. Uh, but the last three times they've played, Johnny, you, you've probably been at all these games. You can probably correct me if I'm wrong on this. But kind of from memory, uh, 2005, I believe it was, they played in, uh, they played in Waco uh, and Baylor won by seven. Then in 2007, they played again in Waco and Baylor won by eight. And then last year, Baylor won by nine. So are you seeing where I'm going with this? <laughs> Maybe Baylor wins by 10 this Maybe year. Maybe so. That's a, that's a pattern. Uh, yeah, just kind of keep that pattern going. But no, I really think that that 30-point line, I, I think, you know, I saw that and my eyes kind of popped out just thinking like, what are the bookmakers seeing that I'm not? But at the same time, a lot of times when I think that, they know something that I don't know. <laughs> um, so that, that does worry me a little bit. But at the same time, I think that, you know, one thing that really uh, held Texas State back a lot last year was turnovers. Um, Brady McBride at quarterback, um, he was kind of in and out of the lineup, but um, he was a turnover machine when he was in there. Um, we saw that early in the Baylor game last year when he threw a pick six uh, that really helped Baylor on its way to winning that game. Um, but, you know, Lane Hatcher is now the quarterback there. Um you know, had had a, has thrown three interceptions already in two games, but his history is not that. Um, he's thrown 65 touchdown passes and 25 interceptions um, in his career in the three years prior to coming to Texas State. So, you know, I, I don't think that he's the turnover machine that Brady McBride was. Um, and I think that if the Bobcats can hold on to the ball um, and not have those turnovers, I think that it, it will be a much closer game than 30 points, obviously. Um, I also would worry a little bit about scheduling for Baylor. Um, just because that was such a late, intense, overtime, long game out there in Provo, you know, in the mountain time zone. It's only an hour difference, but it is an hour difference. Um, it gets you back an hour later um, than you wanted, than you would have originally, um, obviously, and an extra hour probably later because of the double overtime part of it. So, you know, you're, you're already getting back late. And then it's an 11 a.m. kick on Saturday morning. So it's not like a, a really short week for Baylor, but it's a little bit of a short week for Baylor. So I do think that, you know, maybe kind of also wonder about the hangover factor with Baylor a little bit too, just, you know, coming off a tough loss like that. So I think there's a lot of factors that go into it that made me believe that this could be a closer game than the experts think. But again, I, I always, I'm always a little bit leery on that because every time I think that a line is so outlandish and I do think that this, I, I would have put it probably 14 to 17. So, you know, I think it is a pretty outlandish lines, but you know, a lot of times when I think that the bookmakers know something that I don't, so I'd be pretty careful with it. Yeah, uh, you're right about the uh, the hangover effect. Uh, I I think they got in around 6 a.m. Sunday morning, um, which wasn't that much later when I got back to my hotel room in Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Late night for old Johnny boy. Yeah, I was out of the press box at 2.45. I think that's a record for me. But anyway, uh, but yeah, that line does seem a little high. But then again, you know, Baylor's at home. Uh, they're probably going to play a lot better. Uh, now they will, Dylan Doyle will be out the first half. He was uh, ejected from the BYU game for targeting. You know, that might have a, a bit of a, be a bit of a factor there. Um, yeah, uh, I, I expect Baylor to play pretty well. But, you know, like me and Bryce have talked about, they're still trying to find themselves offensively. So, I mean, it might be difficult for them to just to 
spring a lot of points on the board real quick. So, uh, but I, I think they're going to probably run the ball a lot again. I, I think they just like to run the ball. And uh, I think they'll let Blake take a few more deep shots. You would think so um, just to kind of open up the defense, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's like a, should be a, like a 14 two touchdown line or anything like that, but 30 seems a little high. So if I were uh, picking a score on this game, which we don't really do that anymore, we just pick the winner, but uh this is why the Vegas people know what they're talking about. Cause they put it right where about it should be. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think I would pick it somewhere between like 42 to 10 and 42 to 14. Mm-hmm. And that's on both sides of that line. right there. So I don't know uh, who covers, you know, uh, we'll see, but um, yeah, I mean, Baylor's, Baylor should win, obviously, you know, but um, but we'll see. And and to me, it'll it'll kind of be a revealing game, you know, in terms of uh, you know, they probably both for both teams. So, um, speaking of closer than expected, so that was the uh, dictionary.com definition of the Alabama Texas game. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, uh. The Longhorns outplayed Bama in a lot of ways. And John and I sat here last week talking about we <laughs> thought it was going to be a bloodbath. Well, uh, we were way off, weren't we? Yes. Uh, Bryce Young made just enough plays down the stretch to get uh, Alabama into field goal range. They kicked the winning kick, win by a point, get out of Austin. Um, afterward, on Twitter, I said that, Texas probably just lost its way into the top 25 and sure enough. Yep. We're correct. Yeah. (laughs) They uh, they're 21 in the AP poll. They're 20 in the coaches poll. So can they stay there? Is Texas back? (laughs) (laughs) What do y'all say? Well, I think Gary Patterson makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, You know, having him around that defensive staff, I think that's pretty obvious because their defense wasn't very good last year. It'll probably make a difference when Texas plays TCU because Gary had UT's number. Woo! Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're back yet. I mean, uh, uh, Ewers is out. Uh, Hudson Card, uh, I think he's okay. I don't know if he's great. Uh, You know, they obviously have a really good running game with B. John Robinson. But uh, he, I, I, I'm going to say the jury's still out on whether they're, like, way back yet. That, that might have just been – they were really up for that game. Um, but I do think they've got a much better defense with Gary Patterson there. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I think you have to define back. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing here. You know, are they back where they have enough talent where they can compete in, like John says, a game that they're really up for and – it's a huge national audience and they're at home and, you know, everything's kind of going their way for a long time. You know, are they backing that they can compete in those games? Sure. But, you know, was that a one-off? I don't know. I mean, maybe they are, you know, a better football team, but, uh, you know, I think when we talk about Texas being back, I think we talk about them finding a way to win a game like that, uh, that they really dominated. Um, You know, 
no matter how bad it was going for Alabama, I always was sitting, I was listening to the radio uh, call of it actually. And, you know, just no matter how bad it was going for Alabama, for whatever reason, I just kept thinking like Bama's going to find a way to win this game. And then on the flip side, I started, I kept thinking Texas is going to find a way to lose this game. <laughs> and, you know, you look at it at the end. I mean, I think the play that exemplified everything was, um, you know, Texas has a rusher coming in off a corner blitz in the last minute of the game with a clean shot at Bryce Young. If he makes that sack, I think there's a good chance that, you know, the clock keeps running. You know, I think there's a really good chance that Texas finds a way to win that game. Bryce Young escapes, gets out for a big gain into field goal range, and Alabama, you know, makes the kick and wins the game. So, you know, I think that it's just it, – it was that close. But, you know, I just think that, you know, when, when we talk about Texas being back, I think we talk about them being back to, you know, the Mac Brown years where 10 wins is a disappointment. Um, and I, I definitely don't think that they're, you know, at that point yet. But, you know, obviously, I think if you're Texas, you know, you know, I know I talked about losing a game never being a net positive. But I think if you're Texas, you take a lot of positive signs out of that game that, you know, we just played the number one team in the country. And, and you know, it was and really won. dominated that game and, and played a great defensive game and, um, and did most of it with a backup quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of great signs there for them. But. You know, that's always been a question mark at Texas, too, is that every now and then they have one of these great games, and then can they sustain it? Yeah. Certainly it's good to have Bryce Young on your side, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner. It doesn't uh, hurt. Rather than Bryce Old. Bryce Old doesn't make uh, Bryce Old doesn't make that play. I knew we were going to get a cherry bomb at some point. <laughs> Moving on. So uh, Kansas, of all teams – Leads the Big 12 standings at 1-0. and Now, granted, they are uh, – one of y'all probably would have pointed this out, but they're one of two teams that has played a Big 12 game. Um, uh, they're 2-0 and overall. Uh, so, should the Jayhawks just call it a season right now? Should they be like George Costanza and say, I'm out, baby, I'm out? <laughs> what do you say about the Jayhawks? Are they for real? Well, I thought it was interesting. Uh, oh, it might have been a day or two after that game. The West Virginia AD felt like he had needed to come out and issue a statement on the state of the program. <laughs> That's what you happens know, when you lose to Kansas. Right. That, you know, they're still behind Neil Brown, but eh, maybe not quite as much. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, now they – they have beaten Texas. Uh, they won in Austin, so they might want to keep playing until that game. Uh, so uh, now it looks like they're improved. I, I mean, that's hard to go to West Virginia and win. Now, Baylor hasn't. They haven't won there. So uh, that's that's a huge win. Uh, you know, boy, good for the Jayhawks. You know, you know uh, that. Yeah, they'll still some people might still be interested in football when November gets here. <laughs> it's still a long way off, though. Right. Yeah, keep them interested until basketball season. I think that's all they care about uh, up in um, up in Lawrence. But no, I don't know if, if if Kansas is what we would call for real yet. But uh, you know, Lance Leipold, I think their coach, I think he is for real. Um, you know, won a lot of games and a lot of championships at Wisconsin Whitewater. I know that's D three, but then he went to to Buffalo and had them trending in the right direction. And I think he had a 10 win season there and, you know, had them in the, in the top 25 uh, in the last season, the last full season, he was there before he went to Kansas. I mean, and I think that's a, a tough place to do that. So, 
Um, you know, they're a nine-point underdog this week against Houston. I do wonder how they'll deal with some distractions this week, you know, and, and preparing for this podcast. You know, I looked up some stuff on Leipold, and there's um, rumors about him maybe going to Nebraska and taking that job. So there's some distractions, um, I think, that are there. So, you know, but, I mean, the fact that they're even, even just a nine-point dog on the road against uh, Houston, uh, a good, uh, a good, you know, top 25 level team. I think it shows that they're, they're definitely gaining some respect for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Uh, Leipold, um, I feel like he's a much, just a much better fit there in Lawrence than like maybe a less miles, you know, <laughs> it's just a weird marriage. You know? Yeah, just a little better. Yeah. Yeah.